Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight about persistent faith. Persistent faith. Faith that doesn't give up. Faith that doesn't give in. Faith that doesn't let go. Amen. Got to have a bulldog mentality. I'm in Georgia, so we got to understand what bulldogs are about, right? Shouldn't have any problem with that. And um, I want us to strengthen our faith to a level that does not give up. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, Jesus is speaking. He's actually on the back end of a story here. And he makes this statement in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. He says, I tell you, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, so there's a time frame. Not when he left, but when he returns, when he comes back, will he really find faith on the earth? What is Jesus looking for when he comes back? He's looking for people of faith. He's looking for faith in action. He's looking for faith, not just in word, but in deed. He's looking for people that will operate and live by the principle of faith. The Bible's very clear in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six without faith, it's impossible to please God. My life is not pleasing him unless I'm living by faith. And so uh, it's this, Uh, quality that the son is looking for, that Jesus is looking for, but he makes a statement, will he really find faith on the earth? The message Bible reads it this way. I thought it was interesting. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the son of man find on the earth when he returns? How much of that kind of persistent faith will the son of man find On the earth. I looked up the word persistent and it is defined this way continually, uh, continuing firmly in a course of action, continuing firmly in a course of action in spite of opposition, obstacles, or discouragement. Continuing firmly in a course of action. That means I'm on a path and I maintain that path. I maintain that direction. I maintain my course in spite of opposition, obstacles, or discouragement. You could almost say it this way, that persistence, even just the word persistence, has attached to it opposition. You don't really have persistence until you have something that is contradictory to it. It's not persistent if uh, uh, there's nothing that's opposing you or keeping you from the course that you're on. That might be the first question we wanna ask ourselves is, am I, 
encountering opposition? Am I, am I encountering obstacles? Um, because if I'm not, it might be an indicator I'm not really doing much. You know, if, 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 if I am going with the flow, I might want to question what flow I'm going with. It's every, if everything is helping me push through and nothing's really coming against me, then, then I might be on the wrong course. I might be going with the flow rather than the flow going with me. And so this idea of persistence has attached to it opposition, obstacles, and discouragement. It continued to be defined this way, lasting or enduring. Lasting or enduring. And then lastly, continued. Persistent means to continue. Continue specifically against opposition. Continue specifically against obstacles. The level of your persistence is always measured by the level of opposition. The level of persistence that you have is always determined by the level of opposition that's coming against you, okay? And so what happens is, is where we typically give out, give in, burn out, give up, uh, uh, wane, fall away, whatever terminology you want to use, the indicator of that is when what's on the inside is not up to the measure of what's attacking on the outside. If what is against me is greater than what is within me, that's where I usually give up, give out, part ways. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer continually continuing firmly in my course of action because what has come against me has now caused me to have to yield to the power on the outside. But this is not what the son is looking for. This is not what God has called us to. The faith that God wants us to develop uh, and have as believers is a faith that withstands a faith that upholds, a faith that outlasts. And that's what we ought to be living up to. And I was thinking about this word persistence and I thought it was sad, just generally speaking, that this quality of persistence is more commonly used with the devil than it is with believers. That he is more persistent than we are. He is continuing to maintain firmly a course of action. In fact, uh, we know this and the Bible tells us that days will grow darker. One reason why Jesus is asking the question, when I come back, will I find faith? Will I find it in the earth? That gives us the sense that it's rare. That gives us the sense that people of consistent, persistent faith is a rarity in the last days. And how many of you believe we're in the last days? We're in the last of the last days. We're closer than anybody ever has been, right? We're seeing so many of the prophecies from the word of God fulfilled. So many of the claims, even from Jesus and some of the apostles themselves uh, of, of what would happen, that men would grow uh, a desire to just have itching ears, to just be taught, but they don't want truth, 
right? They, they want to be told what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Uh, uh, that, that, that there's going to be false teachers and preachers and false prophets among you. Men, uh, men will become lovers of self more than lovers of other. They'll fall away to the greed uh, and the pride and, and the darkness of the world. We know what the world, te- what the word tells us we can expect to see. But for believers, we're called to maintain a course of action. For believers, we're called to stay a course. Uh, In Jude, Jude chapter one, well, there's only one chapter, so the book of Jude in verse three, Jude, if I say Jude three, I'm gonna have some people looking for Jude chapter three. So Jude, the verse three The third verse, right there before Revelation. And um, this is what it says in the New King James Version. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you, exhorting you. That means encouraging you. How many of you know we need some encouragement? How many of you know we need to be built up? You know, that, that's, that's one thing that I think is, is uh, waning in these last days is just encouragement, encouraging one another. The Bible tells us to encourage one another in the Lord, to build each other up. Uh, you know, if I, can't go to, if I can't go to the church to find encouragement, where can I go? Where, do, where am I gonna find encouragement? Where am I gonna find someone that's gonna believe in me? Where am I gonna find someone that's gonna speak to my potential rather than my problem? Where am I gonna find someone that's gonna side with the word of God, not with what the, the natural circumstances look like? I've got to have encouragement in my life. And I know the Bible tells us that it, uh, even King David himself had to encourage himself in the Lord. Look, if you can't find anybody else, you're still without excuse. You can encourage yourself, but it's nice to have a phone call or someone take you to coffee or see someone at church and you can be built up rather than torn down. Amen. So we need to be encouraging one another. I'm encouraging us as a church body and a church family, encourage one another, build each other up, tell somebody something nice. Amen. Find something nice to say. Pick out something that, that uh, you know, you might be the only person all week that's told them their hair looks nice. Oh, that's just a small, no, it's not a small thing. It's not about the particular comment. It's about the heart and the attitude behind it. Just knowing I got someone in my court. I got someone that noticed I, have a, I got a haircut. I got someone that noticed I've done this or done that. It's just nice to have encouraging words, Amen. Come on, this is, he didn't promise us ease. He didn't promise us the path of least resistance. So it's nice to have people in your corner that we can be exhorting and encouraging one another. But he said it, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. To contend earnestly, contention, Contention, meaning I'm contending, I'm fighting for, I'm going after, I'm pressing in. I'm, I am, I, I'm going after it regardless of the opposition or the challenge against it. We need to be persistent. 
These are some antonyms of persistent. That means uh, words that indicate the opposite, the opposite of persistence. Words such as apathy, apathy, lazy, laziness is the opposite of persistence. Lethargic, lethargic, just a sense of idleness in my life. No motors aren't going. I don't have anything charging me, challenging me, waking me up. You know, uh, uh, I, I just succumb to, to idleness around me. Uh, indifference, having an attitude of indifference. And then lastly, one of the words that popped up was weakness. Weakness is the opposite of persistence. That tells me I need to be strengthened. I need to be strengthened. You can only be persistent to the level of internal strength. If I'm not built up on the inside, that's why he's encouraging them. He began by saying, I'm exhorting you, I'm encouraging you to contend. I'm helping strengthen you. I'm helping sure yourself up on the inside to fight what's coming against you on the outside. That's what the writer's doing. And so we need this encouragement. We need to find the internal strength and the internal uh, 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 passion, not being passive, but passionate about what God has called us to do and continuing. And you know as well as I do, persistence is not uh, you know, one of the majoring qualities in our culture today. No, we, we see a lot of giving up. We see a lot of giving in. We see a lot of falling short. Uh, uh, we, we, we see a lot of you know, letting down and, and, and not outlasting. And I'm not even just talking within the church or even as believers, just talking about in our culture together, just the sense of that there's no push, there's no tenacity, there's no intentionality. We're kind of just going with the flow. But even more so in the church, this is a need. I want you to look at Mark chapter five. I believe this is a story <coughs> that will help us kind of hone this in, flesh this out. And just the word of encouragement tonight. We need encouragement, amen? You know, I think of, you know, when I'm in the gym, I'm, I'm, I'm persistent as long as I can be. Um, you know, one, one thing that I like to do, I don't do it all the time, um, especially don't do it as much now that I'm getting older uh, and, and softball's showing my age, uh, pulling muscles I didn't even realize I had. Um, but in the gym, I used to do a thing called uh, lifting to failure. Lift until failure. That means I'm, I'm selecting a heavy weight and I'm just trying to rep it out until I can't anymore, until my body literally gives in. But that allows the tearing of the muscle, which then allows for the growth and the development of it. It's just interesting the way our bodies are built, that the way you build it up is by tearing it down. The way that you build it up. So the challenges and the oppositions that we face could be the very thing that are developing you and strengthening you to continue to move on. I know this, that every time I have to apply my faith to something, the more faith I apply, the more my faith will grow. 
Anybody ever come out of a victory and then the next challenge that came up seemed like it was too big and it, was, and it overshadowed what you just came out of? And you have to sing songs like, do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountain, but that mountain was smaller than this mountain. This mountain's pretty big, but I know I'll see you do it. Oh, gosh, do it again. God, when can we stop doing it again? When can we be done? Yeah. Because what you didn't realize was in the last battle, you built up the faith and you built up the tenacity and you built up the strength to endure what's coming next. Amen. That's how this works. And so in Mark chapter five and uh, verse 21, Mark five, verse 21, it says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and look at this, and begged him earnestly. Sometimes our earnestness or our persistence is measured by the, by the challenge that we're facing. It's, it's, it's measured by um, how much I need him to move on my behalf. And Jairus is persistent. Jairus is earnest here because his daughter, as we're about to find out, is at the point of death. It's amazing how persistent we get with a challenge when we have nowhere else to go. You know, one thing that I've learned, you know, in, in pastoring and, and counseling people and, 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 and helping people walk through the challenges of life. I was just talking with someone the other day and they were uh, kind of communicating just, uh, you know, some things that they've been through and, you know, no, kind of that whole victimized approach. No one knows how bad we've had it. No one knows what we've been through, you know, those kind of things. And, and um, you know, I just encouraged them. I said, look, I know your situation is bad and, and, and I know you've been through and I cannot you know, personally speak to that. But I can tell you right now, I'm a pastor and every single person in our church, I've had to walk through their best days and their worst days with them. I've had to endure uh, or, or help them walk through and endure through challenges they face. And you would probably be surprised and appalled at what some people have been through. And so it's, it's, this, it's this tenacity on the inside that many times we only build up until we're, we're at our last resort, until I have nowhere else to go. It's that bad. Now, one thing I've had to be careful of in pastoring and counseling as well is not allowing uh, myself to feel the urgency. Sometimes <clears throat> we respond urgently when we don't really need to. Sometimes we respond urgently um, <clears throat> when it's honestly not really that urgent. And we have to be careful with that because we'll find ourselves in patterns and in, 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 in cycles where if you really took a step back and looked at it from a big picture standpoint, that, that was expected. It's not urgent because you knew it was coming and you actually set yourself up for what was coming. So we've got to be careful with this. But in this moment here with Jairus, uh, you know, he's urgent. He says, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with them and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now notice here, so far the, the, 
people that are in this story. We've got Jesus. We've got Jairus who has a need and has approached Jesus with persistence and earnestness and has a daughter that's at the point of death and hey, you've, you're the man. You've gotta do something about this. You can fix this. That's the level of his faith. That's the level of his, of his persistence. But now we've also got a group of people surrounding Jesus. Got a group of people that are, you could say, just along for the ride. There's no earnestness. There's no draw. There, there's no urgency in their part. They're just, they've heard about this man. He just got off the boat. He showed up and, uh, you know, we, we want to be near this guy. We want to follow this guy. But their urgency and their earnestness to follow Jesus isn't like Jairus. Jairus has a need. Jairus is at a point where he needs something. Not everybody in this story is at the same level of urgency. Not everybody in this story is at the same level of persistence. And so Jairus, you know, he's, he's got a, a, a whole nother level. But then verse 25 says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew Worse. So Jairus comes to Jesus out of persistence because he doesn't know where else to go. He's heard of what Jesus can do, believes that Jesus can heal. Now the woman shows up. She comes to Jesus because she's exhausted every resource she possibly can. She spent all that she had. And sometimes our level of urgency and our level of persistence rises as our resources decrease. I wasn't as persistent in the beginning, but now I've run out of options and now I've, I've, I've done everything else, so might as well try this. And now her persistence and her earnestness uh, uh, is, you know, she's got a challenge in her body, but she's run out of resources. She doesn't know where else to turn. She, she has exhausted everything else. Had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I tell you right now, your, your level of persistence will cause you to do some crazy things. She's doing something crazy. No one told her to do that. She had nothing else. She had no template to go off of. Well, I heard in this one, this one meeting that Jesus did, you know, that people were just touching his clothes and they were automatically getting healed. So, you know, I'll try that. No, no, no. Her persistence, you know, sometimes you can tell uh, how persistent people are by what they're willing to do. By what they're willing to do. You know, sometimes when I'm, someone approaches me with a challenge or, you know, wants to be uh, uh, counseled or, you know, is, is struggling with something in their life, a, a lot of times I'll give them a, a, a piece of action, something to do. Why? Because I want to know where they're at. I want to know how serious you really are about getting the fix or getting this changed or getting this, you know, and they always come in and say, I'll do whatever it takes to save my marriage. I'll do whatever it is to get out of debt. I'll do whatever it is to do this and do that. And, and, and I don't give them hard things to do. It's usually pretty simple. 
but it just wasn't the way that they thought they could do it. They thought they could meet with the pastor. The pastor would wave his hand, kind of sounds like a man in the Old Testament named Naaman. I thought the prophet would come out here, wave his hand over my body. Uh, This leprosy would be gone and I'd just go back to my life. What do you mean I needed to go dunk my body uh, in, in a dirty river seven times? That's ridiculous. Not a hard task. Very simple, actually. Not asking much, but he refused it. And, 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 you know, what's the level of urgency? What's the level of urgency? Sometimes I'll assign a book, especially if I know they don't like reading. Especially if I know. Don't come to me as, oh, well, I'm not really much of a reader. Then you don't really want to get out of the problem. I, you, you would read, if you were urgent, if you were persistent, if you would do anything to get healed, to, to see the, the, the miracle manifest, if you can't read a book, then you don't really want it. It's just the truth. Your, your course of action or what you're willing to enact in your life tells where your level of urgency is at what your level of persistence is at. And so she's willing to do, no one told her to do this. She came up this, I mean, you know, you're thinking if you're gonna come up with it on your own, (laughs) you know, she could have come up with anything. But this is the course of action she chose. Now going into this group, into this multitude, into this uh, uh, uh you know, the multitude of people that's following him, that by itself was against the law for her condition. She didn't belong there. She put herself in a situation that could not just compromise her health or everyone else's health. It could compromise her, you know, being a law-abiding citizen. I mean, she's running a course here of what she's willing to do to get the answer that puts her in jeopardy. If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? The action of touching. But look what his disciples say. You see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me. So that tells me she was not the only one touching Jesus. The action of touching did not heal everybody in that group. It's the only occurrence that we have here. We know that at least there's two people at this point that have a need and need Jesus to do something for them. Jairus and the widow woman, or the the woman with the issue of blood. We got two people that have a sense of urgency. Everybody else is just along for the ride, everybody else. And even though they're touching, they're not drawing. Because this is what happens is many times we go through the motions and we'll perform an action, but without the persistence. And he said, will I find persistent faith? Not just faith, persistent faith. 
The Bible, I mean, Jesus identifies that there's different levels of faith. He says that there's great faith. He, he told that to um, uh, the, the Roman centurion that came to him and his, his servant was back home at the point of death, kind of like this same situation. And he said, well, fine, I'll come right now, come to the house. He said, you don't even need to come. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus responds and says, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. What he's saying is, is even among believers, I haven't found great faith. I had to go outside to a Gentile, a Roman centurion, who very possibly could have been involved with Jesus' execution. But his faith was that if you just speak the word, that was great faith. There was another time he was on a boat with his disciples in the middle of a storm, and he's sleeping, and uh, you know they're waking him up. We're dying because there's a storm going on around him. We're dying. Jesus, save us. He gets up, peace be still, and then he turns to his disciples and says what? Why do you have such little faith? I can have great faith, I can have little faith, I can have strong faith, I can have weak faith, I can have persistent faith, or I can have lazy faith. The opposite of persistence. Do we have idle faith? Do we have apathetic faith? Do we have indifferent faith? We've got to identify what's the level of persistence So just because I'm in the room, just because I'm around the master, just because I'm even performing the task or performing the function, the persistence is a a mode of my heart, not my hand. my, My faith, the persistence of my faith is revealed in my heart, not just going through the motions, but having urgency on the inside. His disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, this is what he says, daughter, your faith, your faith, your persistent, urgent faith has made you Well, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. It was her faith that got her healed. Not Jesus's faith. Jesus had the power, but she had the faith. I'm telling you right now, God has all the power. That's not the question. The question is, do you have the faith? Do you have the faith that's persistent? That means continues a course of action firmly in spite of opposition, obstacles, and discouragement. Too many times I see believers that only have enough faith to last them until the first trial or the first challenge. And we can come into environments like this and get our faith built, but if it doesn't outlast the next trial, what if you're having faith for a miracle and the problem gets worse before it gets better? What if you do exactly what the word of God says and the other person doesn't respond favorably? What if 
You do exactly as you've been counseled, directed. This, and, and, and this is the thing, is God doesn't have magic potions to get his miracles to work in our lives. That's not how this works. There's no formula. If you had a formula, you wouldn't need faith. Do I want A plus B equals C or do I want to believe God? Do I wanna trust that God's gonna work it out? And what if I do exactly as I know the word's telling me to do, but I get the exact opposite result? I'm reminded of Lazarus. Jesus' friend and Mary and Martha send word to Jesus, your friend whom you love, Lazarus, is at the point of death. I mean, hey, they got to Jesus in time. The guy is not dead yet. And he was maybe about a day's journey away. But he says, we're gonna hang here and wait. And he says this, this death or this sickness will not end in death. Those are his exact words in John chapter 11. That's your homework. You can go read that later. John chapter 11, he says, this sickness will not end in death. But he never said, Lazarus will not die. There's a difference. To Jesus, death was just simply a part of the equation. To us, death is final, the product, the end. Once he's dead, there's nothing else that can come after that. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm not done yet. I'm still here. He shows up. Oh, if you would have just been here. And he says, if I would have just been here, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Yeah, he just brought in a whole nother equation to the problem, a whole nother thing that they had never even thought of, never even been through. And so what, what, what is it that you're going through or is challenging you or obstructing you from the answer that you think this is the end and it's really just a part of the process? This is why we gotta be persistent. We can't give up. We can't give in. We've got to outlast the problem. You understand in, in this whole process, you're the one that's in control. It's up to you. As long as you keep your faith and as long as you don't give up and don't give in, you win. The second you lay down and give up, you lose. All right, so we're gonna keep going. Daughter, your faith has made you well. It was her faith with his power. There's a connection that has to take place there. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? This is where persistence needs to step in. I had faith as long as she was alive. I had faith as long as she still had breath in her lungs. It didn't look good. She's at the point of death. If we don't hurry and get there urgently, I don't know what's gonna happen. But as long as you show up and she's still alive, I know you can do something. That was the level of his faith. That was where his faith could meet. But now we've gotten a word that things have even gotten worse than they were before I left the house. And this is where we cave in. This is where we lay down. This is where we give in and give up. Don't even bother troubling the teacher. 
As soon as Jesus heard the word, he had a different response. He said to the ruler, Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. What's he saying? Stay the course. Don't give up. He's saying, I need you to continue firmly in your course of action in spite of opposition, obstacles, and discouragement. I'm not here today to tell you as a pastor and as a minister that just because you find yourself in church and just because you know scriptures and you can quote them and you can pray them and you can believe them and, 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 and you, 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 you do all the, the right things action-wise that you're not gonna have some level of discouragement show up. Look, he wouldn't have to encourage us to contend for the faith if there wasn't anything to contend against. Just the fact that he's telling me I need to contend tells me that there's something that is trying to stop me, thwart the plan of God in my life. So you, you, you need to know from the beginning, from the onset, you're gonna have to be persistent. Faith isn't faith until it's met with opposition. It's not even faith until it's met with a challenge, until something directly contradicts it. <laughs> you, you, you should, every time a challenge shows up in your life, you should be thanking the devil. Thank you, because you've just helped me shore up my faith that he's gonna come through. You've just given me another step to step on. You've just given me something else that the resistance that you continue to bring is just gonna pull persistence out of me. You're about to find out how persistent I am, how urgent and earnest I am, and I'm gonna contend for the faith. So keep bringing it. Keep bringing challenges. Keep showing resistance. Because you lose. We know the end of the story. We know the end of the book. Remind him of his future. Remind him of what he's got in store for him. He said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Now watch this. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. You know, it's a good rule of thumb that you don't need people around you that are not as persistent persistent as you. Because here's what I'll tell you. If you don't surround yourself with persistent people, they will become resistance to you. You don't need anything around you that will weaken your persistence. Persistence is a fragile thing. Have you noticed that? Persistence... You, persistence is very much contagious. It's very much, uh, uh, it, it can be moved by its environment, whether positively or negatively. I'm telling you right now, if you want to develop persistence, surround yourself with some persistent people. Surround yourself with some people that won't give up and give in. Surround yourself with people that won't even try to look for another way. Surround yourself with people that only know how to speak one thing, the word. He told uh, uh, Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. He didn't look for route B. 
He didn't say, you know what? I was afraid that might happen, but that's okay. I've got another one in the, in the, in the pocketbook, you know, for if she dies. Uh, so let me pull out that template. Let me pull. No, no, he says, it's the same course. Whether she's got breath in her lungs or we need to put the breath back in her lungs, it's the same course. Don't be afraid, only believe. Regardless. But there will always be something that'll come and try to question and weaken your persistence. So we've got to guard our environment. We've got to guard who's around us. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Isn't it interesting how persistence is so directly uh, opposed to those that give in and lay down? The, the reactions, the, 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 the emotions, uh, our words, you can tell when someone is persistent or not. You can tell when someone has some urgency or not. It, it comes out. It's, it's on display how urgent they are, how persistent they remain. What is it that will break you? What is it that will set you off? What is it that will cause you to, to let go of the course, find another course? But he makes a statement, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? The child is not dead, but sleeping. I'll tell you right now, persistence will give you a whole new perspective. You'll see the same situation everybody else sees. You just see it differently. You just see it differently. Oh, she's just sleeping. She's just getting some rest because in a minute, she's about to get up and she's gonna dance and she's gonna shout and she's gonna play. And so she's gonna need to get some rest to, to be ready to do what she's about to do. Jesus isn't moved. It's not moved. He's persistent. And they ridiculed him. I'm tell you right now, your persistence will draw the ire of those around you. It will, it will draw negative uh, responses and looks and, and, and people will have things to say about it. But then the next statement, but when he put them all outside, I mean, <laughs> it, it's amazing how he responds to their negativity. He doesn't give in. Persistence doesn't need anybody to agree with you. Persistence isn't going along with the crowd. It's going against the crowd. Persistence isn't, it, it isn't trying to get an opinion. Persistence doesn't take a vote. Persistence will continue even against those things. He's not looking for anybody to side with him. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him. He entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. 
We recognize the value of persistence. We recognize the value of remaining urgent and steadfast. These are words that are continually in God's word. It's being steadfast, outlasting, withstanding. Faith is not meant, is not designed to give in. Faith is not designed to give up. Faith is not something that lays down. Faith continues, it perseveres, it endures, it outlasts, it withstands. But the thing is, is we have to develop and build our faith to that level of persistency, to where we don't give in, to where we don't give up. Look, I don't need to know the course to stay the course. I take one step at a time, one step at a time. So many times we think we can only stay a course that we have the full course laid out in front of us. It's too many times we ask God for things that limit or don't even require our faith in the first place. We ask God to do things so that we don't actually have to have faith and trust in him. But he's looking for a different response from his people. He's looking for a persistent faith. He's looking for some urgency, some intentionality. We don't have time to be apathetic in our faith. We don't have time to be lazy or idle or go with the flow or just let things happen. No, we've got to step in. And even when everybody else that is in the room surrounding us may not have the same level of persistence, you can still stand out. You can be like the woman that uh, uh, reached out and touched his garment. No one else was drawing on the power. No one else was reaching with persistence. No one else was reaching, reaching to Jesus with an urgency. But today we've got to reach. We've got to extend. We've got to go after with persistence and with urgency. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church Podcast.